I want us to play a little game this morning as we start out this time studying God's Word together called Name That Tree. Okay, so everybody get your thinking caps on and we're going to name that tree. We'll put a tree up on the screen. Name that tree. Apple Apple tree. Some of you need to get your glasses on. Uh, This is an apple tree. All right, name that tree. Lemon tree. All right, name that tree. Orange tree. Yeah, that was a little bit slow. We need some more Florida people here, I guess. How about this one? Peach tree. All right, let's name this tree. Pear tree. Name that tree. Cherry tree. Name that tree. Banana. How did you know which tree was the right tree? Because of its fruit, right? Because of its fruit. As we study God's word today, we're going to see that the same thing is true in our lives spiritually. You can say that you are an apple tree all day long, but if you're growing bananas, you're not an apple tree. You're a banana tree. And in the same way, you can say that you're a follower of Jesus all day long, but if you're not producing the fruit of the Spirit then you're not. I'll say it one more time. You can say that you're a Christian all day long, but if your life is not producing the fruit of the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, then you're not. There's a lot of talk in this letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians about who's a Christian. Who's really a Christian? Who's not? How do you know if you're a Christian? And maybe that's a question that you're wondering about in your own life today. How how can I know if I'm a Christian or not? If you'll turn with me in your Bibles today, I want us to see what the Word of God tells us. So if you have your Bibles, I'd ask that you turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. You can stand with me in honor of God's word if you're able. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 16 today as we continue our series through this letter called No Other Gospel. And today we're going to examine gospel fruit in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. The word of God says, I say then, walk by the spirit and you'll certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit. And the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, And anything similar. I'm warning you about these things, as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. The law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, 
envying one another. Thank you. You may be seated. Today, I want us to examine the fruit of our lives. Just as you were able to look at these pictures and say, that's an apple tree, that's a peach tree, that's a cherry tree, I want you to look at your heart today, to look over your life today and say, that's a Christian, that's not a Christian. Because just as obvious as it was to look at those pictures and say, that's a banana tree, that's an orange tree, the Bible tells us that it's just as obvious to look at the fruit of a person's life and say, this is someone who has the Spirit of God living inside of them, and this is someone who doesn't. So I want us to look at the fruit of our lives, and the first that we see in this passage of Scripture is the fruit of the flesh. And there's this debate that's been underlying all of the strife in the churches of Galatia. And that debate was, how do you know that you belong in the family of God? These Judaizers had come in, and they they had a, a, a really simple answer to that question. They would say there's a clear sign that shows that you belong to the family of God. That's that you've been circumcised. That's how they would have answered that question. They would say if a person is circumcised and they're keeping the works of the law and they're part of the family of God. But Paul, on the other hand, would have answered this question much differently. He would say circumcision Is just an outward sign of the flesh that doesn't mean anything if a person's heart has not been changed. And so he should say that a clear sign that shows that you belong in the family of God is redemption and transformation. It's the inward work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life in which they are forgiven of their sins by faith and they are set free from the chains of sin, that they are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that they're born again as a new creature in Christ, and their life has been transformed. And so the answer to the question of how do you know that you belong in the family of God is this. You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. And that is a phrase that is repeated many times. In the word of God. In fact, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, Jesus says, You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You'll recognize them by their fruit. Now, it would be really nice if there was some sort of outward sign that that we could all just say, All right, that's a Christian, that's not a Christian. Like, if you're a Christian, all of us had halos over our heads. And we could walk around and go, Ah, he's a Christian. She doesn't have a halo. She's not a Christian. Or maybe we all wore the same color shirt or something. You know, it's like he's wearing this color shirt, so he's a Christian. He's not wearing that color shirt, not a Christian. But that's not how it works. The Bible tells us that it is an inward work of the Holy Spirit. And you can't see that. You can only see the results of it. You can see the fruit of a transformed life. Now, if I were sitting inside my house and you were to ask me, is the wind blowing outside, right? After this uh, britches winter came through this weekend, right, and uh, it dropped like 20 degrees and the wind was blowing outside, you'd say, is the wind blowing outside? And I'm inside the house, so I don't know. But if I looked outside the window, I could see 
leaves blowing in the wind. I could see branches that were bending in the wind. I could hear wind chimes that were clanging outside on the porch. And I could say, yes, the wind is blowing because I see the fruit of the wind. I see the leaves blowing. I see the, 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 the branches bending. I, I hear the, the wind chimes clanging. And the same thing is true in a person's life. I can't see God's salvation inside of your heart. But I can see the fruit of a transformed life. Now Paul has just warned these churches of Galatia not to devour one another. Instead to love one another and to love your neighbor. In other words, he was telling them they needed to exhibit the fruit of a relationship with God. Back in verse 13 of this chapter, he says, don't use your freedom, the freedom that you have as a follower of Jesus. He says, don't use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't slink back into your sinful ways. Don't fall back into sinful habits. Instead, he says in our passage this morning in verse 16, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you'll certainly not carry out those desires of the flesh. He tells us to walk by the Spirit. And that's the difference between a Christian and someone who is not a Christian. A Christian has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them. And the Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit corrects us. The Holy Spirit points us to follow after Jesus. And so when you are walking by the Spirit... You're following after the word of God. You're following after the way of God. And that's a true sign of a transformed life that you are walking by the Spirit. That you're submitting your heart to Christ as the Lord of your life. That you're following after him in obedience. That you are giving your all to serve him and to love him in worship and in adoration and in service. That's the sign that you're a Christian, not circumcision. Now, that doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle with sin anymore. I mean, every single one of these letters in the New Testament are written to Christians. They're written to churches that are struggling in various areas of their lives with sin. And so it doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle with sin anymore. As long as we're still on this earth and as long as we still have this flesh... They're going to face temptation. We're going to deal with this flesh. In fact, he says in verses 17 and 18, the flesh desires what's against the spirit, and the spirit desires what's against the flesh, and they're opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And so he says those fleshly desires are going to tug at you so that you don't do what you want to do sometimes as a child of God. And so there's going to be times that you may fall, and there's going to be times that you may fail, but, he says, you need to be led by the Spirit as a follower of Jesus. And so then he says to us, these are the fruit of the flesh. These are the things that the Spirit will never lead you to do. He goes on to say in verses 19 through 21, the works of the flesh are obvious, Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, 
strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. So this is obviously not an exhaustive list, but it's a good starting place. And so he says, when you look at your life, is this what you find there? Is this the sort of fruit that you're bearing in your heart? Is this what's growing in your life? Are you bound in sexual immorality or promiscuity? Are you dabbling with sorcery or witchcraft? Is your heart filled with hatred toward another person or a group of people? Are you sowing strife or dissension or factions? Are you stewing in jealousy and envy or uncontrolled anger? Are you motivated by selfish ambitions? Are you spending your time in drunkenness and carousing? Because what Paul says is that these are not the things that a follower of Jesus does. He says, these are the fruit of the flesh. And if this is the only fruit that you're finding in your life, then you need to seriously question whether you belong to God or not. In fact, he says in verse 21, I'm warning you about these things. As I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, I can't make it any plainer than that. He says, if this is all the fruit that you're finding in your life, he says, then you're not part of God's kingdom. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so he's saying that even though you may be hanging out with the churches in Galatia, it doesn't mean that you're born again. And he would say, just because you're hanging out with Wallace Memorial Baptist Church, it doesn't mean that you're born again. The answer to the question of how do you know that you belong in the family of God is this. You'll know them by their fruit. And if these things are the only fruit of your life, then it doesn't look like you're part of the family of God. In fact... Jesus says in Matthew 12, 33, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is known by its fruit. By its fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. And so Paul has outlined some of the fruit that is not in keeping with the relationship with God. And now he gives us a list of some of the fruit That a person will bear who is led by the Spirit. And so this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit of someone who has the Spirit of God dwelling inside of them. This is how a person's life looks who's been born again. Verses 22 and 23. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Faithfulness, self-control. The law is not against these things. Now again, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's a good starting point. 
And so when you look at your life, is this what you find there? Is this the fruit in your life? Is this what's growing in your heart? Paul would say, are you showing unconditional love to others? Are you filled with the joy of the Lord? Do you have a peace that passes all understanding? Do you show patience to others? Are your conversations seasoned with kindness? Is your heart filled with the Lord's goodness? Are you walking in faithfulness? Are you dealing with others with gentleness? Are you exhibiting self-control? Now, I know that you're not going to be like that 100% of the time, that we still battle with the flesh, that we aren't made perfect yet, but God is sanctifying you, growing you in Christ's likeness. And so this should be the desire of your heart. This should be the ever-growing evidence of your life. So that when you look in your bushel basket, is it filled with this sort of fruit or is it filled with the fruit of the flesh? Because in John 15 verse 8, when Jesus had gathered all his disciples together, he says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. What was the proof? That they bore much fruit and proved to be his disciples. And so if we're Jesus' disciples, then we're going to pursue the Spirit and not our flesh. He says in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now we know what crucify means. It means to put it to death, right? Just as Jesus was crucified for our sins, he says we're going to crucify those fleshly desires that are within us. And so as a follower of Jesus, you are, you are, you are, uh, you are at at enmity with with the sin and the desires and the temptations of the flesh. You, You hate it because it's not of the Spirit. It's of the flesh. And so are you crucifying your flesh or are you succumbing to your flesh? Are you tackling temptation in your life or are you toying with temptation in your life? The Puritan writer John Owen said, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. So how do you kill sin? Is it about working really hard? Is it about trying harder? No, it's about confession and repentance. Because Christ is the one who has the power over sin. He's the one who defeated sin through his death, through his resurrection. And so it's about us calling on Jesus for forgiveness and that he would make us clean. It's about relying on his strength to overcome sin and to overcome the flesh. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, Paul said, You were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. So live as children of light, for the fruit of the light Consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth, testing what's pleasing to the Lord. But don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. 
He says, expose them. And you do that by confessing them to the Lord and repenting of them. It's not hiding them. It's not trying to keep them from people. It is exposing them before God. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, John the Baptist said to the Pharisees and those that came out to see what he was doing when he was baptizing at the Jordan, he says, therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. That's the sort of fruit that we ought to be bearing, fruit that's consistent with repentance. So the fruit of our life should be of someone who's trying to run to repentance. It should be of someone who's trying to tackle temptation. It should be of someone who's trying to shun sin in their lives. It's someone who's trying to join with Jesus. And so he says, walk as one who is filled with the Spirit of God. This is a theme that he puts all throughout this passage. If you, if you underline in your Bibles, this is something you ought to underline. It's a major theme here. In verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In verse 16, he says to walk by the Spirit. In verse 18, he says be led by the Spirit. In verse 25, he says to live by the Spirit. In verse 25, he says to keep in step with the Spirit. They all basically mean the same thing. That we are to submit our lives in obedience to follow the Spirit in all things. That's the life of a follower of Jesus. That you surrender your heart to him as the Lord of your life. And you commit to obey him. You commit to follow him, to keep in step with his spirit. But the disconnect occurs when we disobey and go our own way, when we get out of step with the spirit, when we choose the flesh over the spirit. And maybe you've been playing at your relationship with God for far too long. Maybe you're just given just enough effort but we're not giving our all to follow after the Lord. A quote that was shared with me recently rings true. It says, the revival that so many have been crying out for exists on the other side of repentance. A good old altar filled crying out to the Lord is what we need. And since none of us are made perfect yet, all of us have something to confess. All of us have something to work on. And revival is found in repentance and in renewal and in recommitment to the Lord. And then God will do his sanctifying work in your life and draw you closer to him. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 22, the Bible says, But now, since you've been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit which results in sanctification, and the outcome is eternal life. It's eternal life. So at the beginning of this passage this morning, we said that, how do you know that this is an apple tree? How do you know that this is a banana tree? How do you know this is a peach tree? How do you know this is a pear tree? You know them by their fruit. And just as obvious it is that this is an apple tree, it's just as obvious the fruit of our lives, whether we're a Christian or not. The fruits of the flesh, he says, are obvious. The fruits of the Spirit are just as obvious. And maybe there are some here today who need to call on Christ for salvation because when you look at 
your life, you realize that you're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And you can say that you're an apple all day long, but if you don't produce apples, then you're not an apple tree. And listen, that's exactly what I realized as a senior in high school when I made a confession of Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I was someone who was in church all the time, who was a pastor's son, who grew up going to church, who knew all the Bible answers, who knew all of it. But how did I know that it wasn't real in my life? Because I wasn't bearing any fruit. There was no fruit in my life that the Spirit of God lived inside of me. And maybe if you were real honest this morning with yourself and with the Lord, you might make that same sort of confession. But here's the good news. Jesus came to save sinners just like me and just like you. And so today he can make the tree good and the tree can bear good fruit. But it begins with repentance and confession of Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. To call on him by faith to save you, believing that he died on the cross for your sins and in your place, that he died your death, but that God raised him up on the third day so that you could have life, so that you could have forgiveness, so that you could have salvation, so that you could have eternal life. And today that might be the decision that you need to make. In a minute we're going to have a time of response. There's going to be leaders all across this front, and they're there to talk with you and to pray with you and to counsel you as you're making this sort of decision today and so if this is the decision that you need to make then come and share that with one of them this morning maybe you're watching online this is a decision that you want to make this morning you can text the word decide to the number 865-234-3241 and that'll let us know that this is a decision that you want to make and we can follow up with you this week and talk with you about how to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior Christians Maybe this morning as you look inside of your bushel basket, you see there's a lot more fruit of the flesh than you would like there. Paul tells us that the flesh desires what's against the spirit and the spirit desires what's against the flesh and they're opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. And maybe you realize today that there's some things in your life that you're doing that that you really don't want to do, but you're submitting to the flesh. And today you're being called to walk in the spirit. And the revival that you long for is on the other side of repentance. And so would you repent today and call out to God to forgive you and to renew you, that you would walk by his spirit each day in your life? Let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, I pray thanking you today for your word Lord, thanking you for your Holy Spirit that you give us as your people to live inside of us, to convict us and to correct us and to lead us to follow after you. So God, I pray for everyone in this room who hasn't died and gone to heaven. Lord, that you're doing a work in our lives even today. Lord, that we would be willing to humble ourselves and to repent and call on you for areas of our life where we're not bearing the fruit that we should. God, that you would bring real revival in our hearts as we give ourselves to you in submission to walk by your spirit. God, I pray for those who are here this morning 
who as they look over their life, they, they may realize just like I did when I was a senior in high school, that I don't, I'm not having any of the fruit of someone who is a follower of Jesus. And that maybe today would be the day that they would call on you to forgive them and that they would be born again. God, I pray that you would move in our hearts during this time. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.